our team this morning yeah, and I said, this was good by the way. I've always, I don't know why, but I've yeah. always thought of Monday as the first day of my week. Um, He's just not biblical. And, That's fine. Well, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> and uh, so I was, that was, that was deep. That was, that was, we're, 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 <laughs> we're in <eating. laughs> But in this morning I woke up to purpose to, to start to change that yeah. philosophy inside of me. And to see Sunday as my, I know some people already do, but for me, like to see Sunday um, as my first day of my week, not just because I'm sowing that morning to him, but it's such a good um, spiritual and mental and emotional restart that anything that you've carried in this past week, it doesn't, it doesn't require you to carry it into this week the way that you carried it maybe out the last week. And I don't know, there was a breath. I felt God's breath inside of me this morning. So I pray that you feel that same breath that creates extra capacity inside of you uh, to receive from him this morning. So welcome. That's really good. You know, the the Bible talks about when we give him the the first fruit, right? Yeah. When we give him the first of anything, a blessing uh, follows. Mm -hmm. And it's just... It's not to get the blessing, Correct. right? It's, it's it's just that's how good he is. That's just how good he, he is, right? He, 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 when we when, when when we give him the first, he blesses the rest, yeah. and um, and that that it is. It's not just why like Sundays are important to come to church so that we have do. There's that reminder of just setting aside time with God, making sure He's the first focus. Um, it frames your it your, frames your whole week different. Yeah, and it just yeah. it frames your attitude and approach to it too. It does. Because sometimes we're just trying to approach it from our human strength and capacity. Yeah. I don't know. It just stirred me to to have it pull from a different resource. Yeah. Well, we, we, you know, just as as pastors, Dean and I were talking the other day, just about um, remembering the Sabbath is holy oh. and really dealing. And we'll, and we'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> I'm not but, ready. Oh yeah, yeah. But 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 really, kind of remembering like uh, that that He's holy and that He's 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 called us to set aside time. Good. With him and and to, and to treat it holy and yeah. you know a part of treating that holy is um, recognizing that uh, you know we are so grateful for any for all of you for joining yes, us we like are. we don't take yes, this for granted um, and I actually feel well like, done, I Church. actually feel like God feels the same way like I I think whenever we come and turn our attention to him he's like it's not like it's about time it's like no. wow yes um, and and so we're really glad you're here this morning yes. thanks for being here for, yes. for pouring in if you're a guest this morning hi I'm Kyle this is Danielle uh, and we uh, get to get an opportunity to lead a phenomenal yes. uh, group of, of pastoral team here at Connect Church and we're really glad that you're here there's so much going on I know last week we talked mm-hmm. about uh, the building is almost at its completion we just have uh, one or two mm-hmm. more little inspections to get through we uh, got through some final ones last week we have just one or two more this week and then we are we're, we're running so uh thank you guys for doing that yes. but there's so much going on there's the uh, opportunities to be discipled and changed and transformed um just be a part of a bigger community and even if you just want to check us out find out a little bit more about us there's a, a link tree app uh somewhere on one of the social uh, on whatever <laughs> social media platform you're on and just go to it check it out we want to hear your story let us know you're here mm-hmm. uh, we'd love to hear from you um, and we, we believe that we've been called the, uh, as a people to mm-hmm. live life together yeah. and actually to learn from one another, to, to yeah. see a big, bigger world. Um, and I, I think that's what's so beautiful about Black History Month. Yeah. So uh, both on our social media platforms, but also as a church, we've really been um, trying to learn and then also bring that focus uh, into what we can learn from, particularly this month, our black community. And if you follow some of our social media uh, for the church, you may have noticed 
that um, different people have written letters yeah, uh, to Gorgeous. people within the black community that has impact that who have impacted them and um, Pastor Kevin McKinney who's on our team that they just came from doing kids because yeah. kids services at 930 Love um, he wrote this beautiful letter to Mahalia Jackson who is a cornerstone in gospel music and so I it, for, for me when I came into the church yeah um, gospel music by far influenced me impacted oh. me the most spoke to me um, kind of gave me a place that I felt like my voice belonged um, 100%. a place of belonging um, because it because it actually comes out of you all the time be like yeah. your your heartbeat is gospel. Your heartbeat yeah. is really yeah. has that 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 soul to it. It's, and she it's created incredible. that space um, for it in even keeping her voice uh, from the contemporary opportunities that she had yep. because she really totally. wanted to influence um, gospel. So this is a beautiful letter that he wrote to her that I couldn't any oh, yeah, kind, yeah, any kind yeah. of intro will not do justice, we'll do justice to what Kevin shared here. So it's dear Mahalia Jackson. I remember the first time I heard the unedited version of one of the most famous speeches ever spoken. What struck me most was the voice of a lady shouting out to the speaker from the side of the podium. She shouted, tell them about the dream, Martin. Tell them about the dream. And after that, Dr. Martin Luther King delivered the most well-known portion of his I have a dream speech during the march on Washington. And after lots of time in the library, because this was before <laughs> Google, I found out that the voice belonged to you. A musical legend known as the Queen of Gospel who helped bring gospel music from church to mass audiences. Wow. You were instrumental to the civil rights movement, especially as a good friend of Dr. King. It was this friendship and your ability to be able to sense that on that day, the crowd in attendance didn't need a speaker, but a preacher that encouraged you to remind your friend of a dream, a dream birthed in him yeah. for others. Well. I often think about your boldness, Miss Jackson. I'm challenged to be the friend and a follower of Christ that would be bold enough to remind people of their dreams, the dreams that are birthed by him for others. Whew, wow. You know, it's funny that I was reminded of when I was reading that just this time, that when I was reading that, that um, Kevin is a is a person that does that. That does that, um, totally. I've had conversations that Kevin has initiated about dreams and yep. just the stirring of that. And because because dreaming for a better day, for a better people, for a, for a better health in our society can feel very dangerous. Truth. And it could be something that we sidestep, Truth. and and Kevin has has uh, has made that a reality. And right? he's doing that, with, and he's doing it with. Well, I think he's putting that in the kids too right yeah. now, which is yeah. we need to raise up a generation that that dreams God dreams, not 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 just good dreams, not just Correct. you know we have a yeah. we have a world right now that wants a better world, a, right. a, a nicer world, a kinder world, but but we need we need men and women who will dream God dreams, God and dreams. I love that he that that she was saying. Yes. Tell them the dream. Yeah. And and may that may that be may that may that stir us, Connect Church, to say to become people who will tell people about God's mm -hmm. dreams for their life. God has dreams, a godly dream for the, uh, for his world. 
So much so. And that's why it's not really about our kingdom. It's his kingdom. It's not about our will. It's his will. And, you know, we're going to, in just a second, pray the Lord's Prayer because that's what that is all about. Um, and, you know, in this, in this season where we're not uh, able to do everything that we do in an in-person service and we are uh, in, in unity but separated, these kind of moments where we're praying together, yeah. they, they are, they're so powerful. They're, they're, they're meant to be able to, to stir up us corporately in the mm-hmm. spirit of God. But I'm, I know that this prayer can be very religious. It can be re- very repetitive because probably many of us know it. Um, but today, can I really encourage you to pray these words uh, from the Spirit of God? Let your kingdom come in my life. Let your kingdom come in my family. Let your kingdom come in this church. Let your kingdom come in this generation, in this world today because we need it. Yeah. So can we pray this prayer together? Come on, let's just pray. Yeah. Our Father... Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the Holy One, from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Thine is the kingdom and the power. I'm thankful for that prayer because I know that I would pray differently if Jesus had not taught us. Exactly. Like that, just this, just the, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. Like yeah. I would be such a masterful prayer, prayer of <laughs> for my, my will, will be done. and figuring yeah. out what my kingdom yeah. was to look. Like. I, th- I think I think I, I think I am. I'm, I, you <laughs> yeah. know, the, yeah. I think I think the the, 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 there, the right? learning is going back to this. It is actually why you know, and we've talked about this a thousand times, but really kind of praying that every day helps refocus because our will our our soul always wants to slide it back over to yeah. our, our will so oh, yeah. um and today we're, we're going to talk about uh that just a little bit but um if you since you have your bibles with you uh why don't you open them with me to first john chapter two first john chapter two uh we've been in this book uh, a little bit we started talking about this uh, last week um but and if you need a, 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 a title for the message it's overruled overruled um, cause D and I, you, some of you may not know, uh, D and I <laughs> love watching kind of true crime documentaries, right? Now, now I'm going to be real honest. You are the, you are the OG crime <laughs> junkie. Okay. I, I, I'm, I've come along. Um, <laughs> you joined me in my I've quest. I've joined you in this quest. Crime. Yes. And, um, and uh, this is, this is what I know. If you ever need any crime solved. Sherlock Holmes is red. She, she's, it's crazy. Um, but one of the things that we loved in, in watching all this is, is when they get kind of to the courtroom and they start laying out all the evidence. Yeah. And then the attorneys go at it, right? Yeah. I object, I object, yeah. I object. And then I love when the, the judge, the attorney's all filled with a full, full like he has all, he's all yeah. full of himself. And he's like, I object. And the judge is like overruled, right? And he sits down all mad. And, and he, here's my problem. I For think, you attorneys out there, I know that you say objection. Not, I object. Yeah, I know. What you meant? <laughs> no, Whatever, OG you know, crime junkie. You know I'm talking to you. Right 
But but I think uh, the problem is I think sometimes D that's how we see the heavenly court, right? Absolutely. Uh, and 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 we see like uh, the father sitting as judge on the bench yes. and. Sin is having all this accusation against us. All this evidence yeah. is being produced, yeah. and Jesus is like, um, "Excuse me, yeah. uh, I object. Uh, objection." And and You're if like, our, thank God for a great attorney, right, right. But if our and I think in our mind, if we think our sin's not too bad, the Father goes, "Sustained. Yeah. I got you, sustained." Yeah. But if our sin is really bad. Mm. Jesus, the, the, the judge is like, I don't care what your objection is, overruled, right? Yeah. And I think, I think that's where we are. Unfortunately, that's what religion has done. That's what our fear of God has done, our misunderstanding of, of the Father has done, our, our warping sometimes of Scripture has done. For sure. It's made us so afraid. And I know you're going to talk yeah. about that in a minute, but we really misunderstand who God is, God the Father and God, God the Son. We, we misunderstand these heavenly proclamations that they make over our life. Um, and it kind of sets it up so that God the, yes. is the Father is against us. Yes. And thank God we have Jesus, Jesus. who's for us, right? right. Because if yes. not, we're, we're in trouble. Yeah. But, but, and we get in the wrong agreement with that. And unfortunately, we, we, the, listen, the Father is, the, the, the judge is saying overruled. He's just not saying overruled to Jesus. Right. He's saying it to, to, to sin. He's saying it to Satan. And he's saying it to shame. There is a proclamation over our lives every day, every time we mess up, that says overruled. Overruled, no matter if it's small sin or gigantic. Overruled, overruled, overruled. And that should bring about change in our life, and it should produce such love for God. Amen. Such this love. So this is where we are. First John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. We started last week, but we're going to get back to it. It says, My dear children, I write this so that you will not sin. That's God's desire. But if anybody does sin, because he knows we will, uh, we have an advocate with the Father. Underline that. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. It was, it was um, crazy this morning. I, I had a picture in my mind as I was getting ready, and I was, I was thinking about... Um, the difference that the different approaches that we have to God, depending on uh, if we have come to know Him yet or if we have not. Yeah. And yep. um, this this passage, as we said last week, and we're just going to give a very short reminder so that we can move forward because t- today is built on what we were talking about last week. Last week, but if you haven't, um, I would really take time to digest yeah, grab uh, last, week, so. la- last Sunday. But um, I was thinking about that. Uh, about about a, a mom giving birth to a child mm. and I was thinking that no matter if you had uh, the easiest labor in the world right it pushed a couple times and boom there's my baby or if you had a difficult pregnancy and, and difficult labor mm. um, and or if you even had to have a c-section because of complications all those different things one way or another that mother delivered that baby yes Yes. So yes, there's yes, yes. never been yeah. a time in life yeah. when a mom has been sitting in the living room watching TV and all of a sudden heard a cry and was like, "Oh, there's my baby." <laughs> like you, <laughs> the, ba- no baby has just delivered itself right. without a mother laboring. Yeah. And the reason I'm talking about that is that because a lot of times we think if we're good enough, if our works are good enough, we can earn our way to heaven, but what God has said is that He has delivered us, yes. and He has He has gone through that labor, yep. 
and he has delivered us so that we don't have to figure out did was I did, was I good enough that my mom had an easy enough birth yes. that I can slip my way into heaven? Did I do it well enough that I caused little enough pain? You know, I was a I was a good baby in my labor and 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 walk into heaven. No, there had to be a cost and there had to be a price paid. And God delivered us through His Son. Yes. Um. And that is that is His act as a judge. Absolutely. He is God the Father, our judge, and He had to judge sin. He had to judge the separation that we experienced from him because of sin and in this passage now we are addressing those who have accepted that free gift and become a part of God's family forever in heaven he's addressing them because that's not what it's only about he also knows that even though even if we have accepted that free gift of salvation and prayed and accepted the Lord and Savior as our as our Lord as our Savior Savior. Mm -hmm. We still have the tendency and capacity to sin. Yeah, correct. But now when we sin, we, bec- we, we stand in front of a different aspect of yes, God. Yes, yes. And that God is not still condemning that sin that we have committed as if it's the same sin that condemned us to eternal separation correct. from Him because we have now come through the cross. And this is important yeah, to delineate. Yeah, exactly. We talked right? last week about which side of the cross right. that we're on. Exactly. And it's because of that, church, that when we read that passage and we studied in the Greek and we talked about it a little bit last week, is that when we say, but you have an advocate with God the Father, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He is reminding us that they are always in unity. God the Father, God the Son, Correct. and God the Holy Spirit are always functioning in unity. So they stand in unity for us yes. against those the wages of sin. Because if we don't know Christ as our Lord and Savior, the wages of those sin, the Word tells us, is death. But when we, when we function still in a life of sin, yes. even as a Christian, we still suffer the consequence of that sin. And Jesus and God together with the Spirit of God, that is not the kind of life that they want us to experience on Correct. this side of the veil. And somehow in that, that portrait that we have painted, the enemy has gotten off scot-free. He has, we never need to accredit any Correct. of Correct. that to yeah. him. And Correct. somehow, and especially, I was talking to my son about this, and um, if you've been raised always going to the Word, you might not have this tendency to see this the way that Kyle and I have been talking about. But um, I grew up inundated in the church, and yet I still had this weird picture of that because you do create uh, you create a spiritual belief system sometimes out of your human uh, perception. Yes. And so I perceived that courtroom, and I perceived that Jesus had to beg on my behalf Correct. to God. Correct. But if you study the Word, it's not Correct. what it says. And why are we yep. why are we harping on this so much? Theology matters, church, to our every single day life because a tainted portrait of the father creates a tainted relationship between that father Absolutely. and that child. Causes distance. Yeah, yep. because when you have a certain perception of someone, say that say that you haven't met yet, yep. and then you come into their sphere, you will find yourself acting in accordance to what you perceive Correct. that person's character to be or how you expected them to treat you. So that's why it's important that we realize that God is this God that wants us to come up close, that we have to deconstruct some of the portraits that we've painted of him because they haven't been accurate. They haven't been a clear picture of a beloved father that is in unity with his son 
on our behalf. Yeah, and and you know the church hasn't necessarily the church as a whole Christians as a whole haven't always done a, that a favor because we're so. Yeah. ready to point out how everybody is so wrong yeah. and how God's against everybody yeah. rather than how God's love is yeah. actually for everyone. And I think, I think the, what we need to really get to today is when we misunderstand the, heaven, the, the heavenly court, we, we miss the power of the heavenly proclamations. Mm-hmm. There are heavenly proclamations being made over you every day that are different than the proclamations that are, that are our oh. guilt, our shame, Others, right? Our past, our failures speak because there's our, our we are speaking all their voices going on all the time. And we attribute a lot of those voices to the voices of heaven. But there's a heavenly proclamation over us that is different. And when we misunderstand the heavenly court, when we think God's against us yes. and he's judging us and we're not good enough, then that gives validity to all those other voices mm-hmm. that are already telling us we're not good enough, that we should be guilty, that we can't. Um, and yet the Bible says here, John says that we have a, we have an advocate when we sin, we have an advocate, a parakletos. Um, that's the word. It's the same word that's used for the, the Holy Spirit that's inside of us, but we have a parakletos, someone who is close enough to help. It's what the word means, who will stand in the gap for others. His name's Jesus. We have an advocate who stands there. But he doesn't stand there against the Father. The Bible says, as you were just saying, they stand there together with the Father. They are in agreement with one another, not at odds with one another. The, 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 the Heavenly Father and the Advocate, the Son, are in agreement with what is right that the law says. And that's what we have to, come, uh, that's what we have to get to. So who are they standing against? Right. That's what we have to see. Who are they standing against? Sin and Satan. Sin and Satan and all the, 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 the accusations that our human frailty and our human failures actually bring against us. Because it says when we do sin, we have failed. So all these accusations come out and yet there's, there, 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 there is an advocate for us. That's why it's important we understand Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12 yeah. verse, verse 10 says that we, there, there is an accuser of the brethren that stands before God and day and night accuses all of us. He accuses us before the Father. But because of because we're in this section of the kingdom, post-cross, the Bible actually says that he has been cast down. So the, 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 the accuser of the brethren is accusing, the, uh, uh, accusing us before the Father. We see this actually in the Old Testament as well because the New Testament Old Testament give us this big picture that in Job chapter 1, the, 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 mm-hmm. uh, God says, where did you come from, Satan? He goes, I was just roaming the earth, and now I'm going to come and accuse Job before you. And by the way, he doesn't just accuse Job. He accuses God of favoritism and all these other things. But he, he, he's, an, he's an accuser. He was roaming the earth. Now, I understand the Bible says that he's like a lion. He's roaming the earth, right? That, that he's a thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That he's the prince of the power of this age. I've got that. But he's also the accuser of the brethren that actually makes accusations against us before the Father. And in heavenly places. That's why Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 tells us that our struggle, we put on the armor of God, because our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in heavenly places. See, there's this thing that's going on that in this heavenly court where sin and Satan are making accusations against us. Well, I, I love that Greek word D in Revelation chapter 12 about the uh, accuser. Mm-hmm. 
because that Greek word actually means it's someone who makes a false accusation against you in the court. We would call it a perjurer, a false accusation. Now, now don't get me wrong. This is where kind of where it gets tricky. The reality is we did it. We did what he said we did. But, right? We did what he said we did. But because Jesus bore our sin, his sacrifice and his blood has cleansed it and paid for it. Therefore, it makes Satan out to be a liar because the sin is not on us anymore. That, that's why the Bible says, the next word says he was cast down. That Greek word for cast down, it, mean, it's, it's, it means a tree that is felled by a blow. It's the blow that finally falls the tree. It's not about a direction, but about a position. It's not that the enemy was cast okay. downward positionally, uh, like in, in a direction. It's that he was cast down positionally. He has no power. And the, 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 the tree, come on, when Jesus hung on the tree, it was the final blow that felled Satan's power to actually have any legal right to the sins to judgment on the sins that you and I have committed. He has no legal authority any longer over the sins to, to call out to the Father. They need judgment. They need judgment. They need judgment because Colossians 2.14 says, On the tree, the debt that we had because of that, because of the legal terms, done away with. It was completely fulfilled by Jesus Christ on the tree. So here's the beauty of it. Here's the beauty of all of it. Jesus and the Father are in agreement with each other uh, against the accusations right. Right, that, that, that were made about us. They're in agreement that, that those accusations have to be thrown out. Why? Because there is no law left to sustain them. Mm. There's no law left to sustain them. Romans 8, 3 and 4 says what we couldn't do because we're weak in the flesh. Jesus did. The righteousness of Jesus Christ fulfilled the law that was against us. Galatians 5, 23 talks about the Holy Spirit moving inside of us. Why can he move inside of us? Because there's no law against us. This is, this is something that needs to flip in our minds, yeah. D, because it's not that the accusations didn't have validity. It's that because of the work of Jesus, there's no law against it any longer. So let me give you this example. We're in Black History Month. I was thinking about this the other day. There was a time, unfortunately, in our, in, our, in our country where a white person and a black person couldn't drink from the same water fountain together, which is crazy, right? And in our world, they were like, that's nuts. But can you imagine if today someone dialed 911 and said, I want my neighbor arrested because they're of a different race and I, they were drinking out of a water fountain that I was drinking in, yeah. right? The, the, they would, the, they would be, what are you talking about? Now, don't get me wrong. See, this is where it gets in. There was a law that said that, but then a higher law came in. Mm -hmm. There was a law, but then there was a higher law. My friends, there was a law, but then there was a higher law. The higher law is the blood of Jesus Christ. It actually fulfilled the law that gave the enemy any power to have any say for judgment on our sin. Any accusation that will stick against us. See, the enemy is like that old friend or that old family friend, uh, a family member who always wants to bring you back to when they were your babysitter, mm -hmm. right? Or when they had say yeah. in your life. Yeah. So they're, they're trying to bring you back to this place because they probably lost say in your life mm -hmm. to the last time they had say in your life. 
so that they can make you feel like what they're saying should have validity in your life. But you've moved on. You've changed. You've been born again. You've been covered by the blood. There is no power in what they say. So when Satan tries to claim, uh, when Satan tries to make a claim on us because of our sin, God the Judge proclaims overruled, overruled, because there is no law to uphold the accusation. Somebody out there today needs to hear overruled. Come on, there's a dad out there that needs to say the failures ever passed, overruled. I'm not good enough, overruled. There's a mom out there that needs to hear, man, that that, that shame that you're going through, overruled. Come on, there's, 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 there's teenagers out there that are feeling depressed and, and, and guilty, and you need to hear that the accusations that are being made against you, the Father and the Son in heaven are saying, overruled, 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 because there's freedom in that. Someone needs to hear that there's this beautiful thing D, um, in Zechariah chapter 3. It's this image, by the way. Uh, I believe it's prophetic for us uh, where the Bible says Satan goes before the Lord, stands next to him, and accuses the high priest Joshua, Yeshua. Jo that's the name of Jesus. Accuses him of being too dirty, unworthy. And the Bible says the Lord looks at him and says, I rebuke you. I overrule you. Oh, no, no, take that, take the, take the dirty garment that's on him and exchange it for something white. That's what the Father has done. He has overruled because there is no law any longer to withhold the accusations made again. You did it. Oh, but there's no law. The, there's a higher law now. His name is Jesus. But see, my friends, there's power and I'm, Dee's going to talk about shame in just a moment, but this is so, why it's so powerful. We've got to get it. There's power in these heavenly proclamations that God, uh, that God the Father and, and, and Jesus are making over us. Jesus and the Father, Dee, are advocating for the truth. There's mm -hmm. truth over us. Mm -hmm. Truth is the language of heaven. Yes. So they are proclaiming truth over us. Yes. The Spirit of God inside of us is the other paraclete is agreeing when we pray in the yeah. spirit we are he is agreeing with the truth in the heavenlies mm -hmm. these three are in agreement with the truth over us about what is real there's truth but my friends here's where it really gets in and we're going to talk about this in a second the power of agreement yes. there needs to be a fourth witness there needs to be a fourth witness because Revelation 12:11 says this, although there is an accuser of the brethren who lost his power, who keeps accusing us, we overcome him by the blood of the lamb because that blood made a higher law, come on, and the word of our testimony. We need to be the fourth witness that gets in agreement with what God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are speaking over us so that the truth, the power, the freedom of John 8, 32, if I know the truth, the truth will set me free will come into my life there is a power in the fourth witness it cannot be just them proclaiming it that changes our eternal destiny but my friends in you and I when we start proclaiming what they are proclaiming when the fourth witness gets involved it changes things on earth it was the fourth man in the fire come on that changed Shadrach Meshach and Abednego's situation there were four witnesses on the Mount of Transfiguration uh, the, Jesus 
Elijah and Moses, and then the Father spoke. There are four living creatures that are around, uh, around God day and night that bring worship and praise to him. I'm a firm believer that we need to be the fourth witness in this so that the freedom that they're speaking over us, the no condemnation, come on, Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation when we are in Christ. They're already in agreement with that. But how different will our life be if we would get in agreement with that? Get in agreement with it. Start proclaiming the things that are being proclaimed in heaven over you and I today. There's a blessing being proclaimed. Come on, Um, there's freedom being proclaimed. That we're sowing guilt and shame. We're so we've given this enemy, this accuser, who's been with us for so long. That family friend who used to babysit us. We've allowed him to bring us back to when we were children and feeling powerless and feeling under the uh, 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 guilty and feeling inferior and feeling afraid. And the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are proclaiming something different. I think we I'm underestimate. No, that was. I, I don't. I'm, I'm gonna need a minute. I don't I'm know done preaching. Expecting me to just follow, keep going, <laughs> like laid out on the carpet. Um, what you talked about. <clears throat> about agreement is so powerful because the reason and I this is this next section that I'm going to be talking about um, is a continual lesson um, that I've only really felt like I've gotten a lot of a lot more growth in over the last year uh, after a very long time struggling with it but the thing that you said about agreement it's it's uh, true because the reason that we struggle to come into agreement with God is because of the truth that is part of the original accusation. Yes, correct. So we we say, well, we did it. I, we did do yep. this. I am this person. Yep. I am a fallen yep. being. So we are so intimate with our failures, our frailties, and our sins that when the enemy speaks it, it rings true True. because it was true yes so a lot of times even if god is then proclaiming yes it was but we don't hear anything after that but because we get fixated on the agreement that we've come into with it being true so what it must say about the rest of our lives correct this next thing that i want to share is um it's it's a delicate balance because I always believe that we need to treat the bride, which is the, which is the church, the capital C. So yeah. I'm talking about the, the church at large uh, of people, of believers of Christ and believers in Christ. Um, I believe that we should always treat the bride with great honor, with Amen. great reverence, with yep. great care. Uh, we build her up. You yeah. know, we teach her. Um, we try to empower her. We equip her with the word. We point her toward the word. Um, and as we also see in the scripture, we also need to uh, acknowledge when there is sin in that bride. Correct. Because that is how he def- refines us. And I think um, God showed me, a, a, showed you know, we, we've been working on this a lot. And then sometimes what you understand in your mind happens in real life and it, it plays it out and you don't realize that God Correct. is teaching you a lesson through a regular means and then all of a sudden you're like okay and you find you're, you were almost more open to learn it through that means than you were just reading the word right like some, so so um you know we as 
not even as a nation, but like as a as a world, you know, experienced the shock when we first received word that Tiger Woods had mm-hmm. been in a car accident. Wow. And, you know, for that first day, you know, we all we had were basically pictures of that vehicle and word that he was severely injured. Yeah. And it was a it was a long lapse of many, many, many hours where there was no other update. So yeah. it gave people and news agencies a long time to contemplate the influence of Tiger Woods, not just on the game of golf, but even on all sports and on people. And, you know, if you know who Tiger Woods is, you know that he has had many struggles uh, in highs and lows in his personal life uh, and some things that he has actually done, right? So we were talking before about we come into agreement sometimes because we actually have done the things. So I'm watching news and and I'm reading the news and and time and time again, you hear about people, they kept saying like how America loves a comeback story, how America loves a comeback story, America loves a comeback story. And you heard even in, um, in reporters, the hesitancy of, is this going to be another Kobe situation? Yes, Are correct. we going to have another pain like that? Yeah. And it was so close to when Kobe did die. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and another great. Great. Like on that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Greatness. Correct, correct. And um, I was watching all of this unfold and I was thinking, and again, church, understand what I'm what I'm talking about. Because if, if, if you know me at all, you know me that um, what I'm about to share is actually taken me a long time to get footing under sure. me to learn. So I'm not bashing the capital C church, but I am speaking into the church. When I was watching that, I was I found myself baffled and confused, and it had nothing to do with Tiger. And I realized I was confused because as a whole, that has not been my experience when it comes to the capital C church cheering someone on yeah. who has fallen. Yes. So I was watching America who in their mind, you know, Tiger is theirs, yeah, and yeah. they felt, so when Tiger yeah. has messed up, America took it upon themselves to condemn him and to, and to yeah, say what they correct. thought and how let down they were and he lost a sponsor, just an unraveling. And so I'm hearing that America loves a comeback story and everyone was rooting for Tiger, as they should. And I was sitting there thinking, that does not happen within the walls of the church 99% of the time. And it started to uh, cause me to investigate the why because I knew that it was closely connected with what we're talking about as why it's important, church, that we have a healthy understanding of a beloved God the Father. So here's what happens, and I, I, I actually want to read this one thing that was part of my notes that I wrote, uh, just because I feel like it encapsulates what I'm trying to articulate right now. And I said, uh, you know, America loves a comeback story, but the capital C church, not so much. Why is that? And I wrote this, a person who comes into contact with freedom too quickly will not remain repentant. That's what the church believes. A church, a person, but the church believes a person who comes into contact too quickly with freedom will not remain repentant, and they will not experience earthly purgatory long enough to atone for the caused wow. pain of their sin. Yep. So we just we decide, and this again, church, it's not something that we do consciously. Yes, oftentimes, correct. but. We will see someone 
within the realms walls of the church, meaning they come under this umbrella of they should know better. You get hurt by yes, someone, correct. they call themselves a Christian. They should know better. They should know not to behave that way. They should know not to sin. They should know not to struggle with that. They shouldn't be dealing with this addiction. On and on and on, the things that we think, maybe they don't always maybe cross our lips, but this is what happens. And so we know that we, as a people, believe in freedom and forgiveness. Yes, yep. But if we have been hurt too closely by that person's sin, we don't cheer for them to come to freedom too quickly because we believe that if they come to that freedom too quickly they will not remain repentant yes and there is another side that they have not paid enough in earthly purgatory on this side of the veil for the pain that that sin has caused and i think that if we if we're struggling to see that inside of ourselves right now just think about how hard it is to forgive someone when they have wronged you our right to to live in that pain as long as we need to before we can get to a place to forgive. Yep. Why does that amount of space need to uh, can never be longer in our minds than how quickly that person found forgiveness for what they did? If it takes us two years to forgive someone that's really wronged us, we don't think that person person should be forgiven and living in freedom in less than two, <laughs> right? Exactly. five yeah, years. That's right. There's a sentence attached to There's it. There's a sentence attached yeah. to it. That earthly purgatory yeah, yeah, totally. has to not just match the pain that they've caused us, totally. but maybe quadrupled, maybe whatever. And that's the thing that when we're not going by truth, correct, we become the people that determine that. So why does this matter? Because we as a church, capital C, the people of Christ, we know that what I just explained out there, out loud, is not biblical. Yes. So we know that in order for this to be able to live inside of us and live inside the walls of the church, we must now make this biblical. We have to find a way to give this belief system, even if we're not ever speaking it as our belief system, But our internal belief system has to have the right to hold to this belief system. And we know that the Bible says, forgive, lest you not be Like, There's so many verses that are like, forgive, 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 forgive. And I'm just taking forgiveness as one thing. So we have to then find a way to accredit this position to God. Because we know that. We're supposed to build our lives on the truth. Right, correct. Right? And if I know that um, how I feel about a particular person because of how they sinned is not biblical, I'm going to find a way to explain why God feels that way about that person. (laughs) And I'm just backing him up. Right. So what happens, church, is that, again, remember, the scripture is written to believers, but we make no delineation about guilt in this scenario. So we take that God that I talked about earlier that must stand in judgment of that sin that is meant to permanently distance us from God the Father. And he must condemn that sin and he had to provide a deliverer from that sin. So we, we take that God and we make him the God that is still judging and coming against our sin once we are walking with him. Yeah, God is not saying this, correct. but we are saying this about correct. God. And then we, why is that church? We're saying that because we don't want people to treat us that way. 
we absolutely often need permission within ourselves to not want that comeback story for every other Christian because we have personally been hurt and harmed by their sin. And we think if I keep you in check long enough, then you will pay your penance and you will have endured earthly purgatory for as long as I see fit. And then maybe you will have experienced my retribution long enough to not do it again. We don't trust the power of freedom, church. Mm. The power of freedom that keeps us in a state of utter repentance because we know we've broken the heart of God and we don't want to do that again. Yes. And we don't trust the work of love to do a deep work. I didn't just break a commandment. I broke my God's heart and he's beloved to me and I don't want to do that again. I don't want to cause that ache to him or to his people. Instead of, instead of having that journey, we just make God this judge, this austere judge that we must fear and cower beneath. And we make that our theology and we teach that as our theology instead of entrusting every one of us as sinner into the hands of a loving God whose freedom will keep them in a repentant state because they don't want to break his heart. Yeah, so good, D. So good, yeah. I mean, I think I think why John is so, uh, why he's so focused here on not focusing on sin, but focusing on the Savior. Yes. He's saying, look, yes. the issue isn't whether you do or you don't. It's, yes. it's let's get our eyes, what's happening in heaven? Who is he? How, what, what's, what's, what's the, what's the proclamations? What's the environment of heaven? And then bringing that, making that, manifesting that here on earth. And that really is the Mm -hmm. challenge. What you're talking about is bringing the reality of heaven uh, and manifesting on earth because truth is meant to be manifest. So truth is meant to be manifest. And so when our truth is God is a judge who's angry with the world who maybe sometimes sustains Jesus' objections and other yes. times overrules yes. them, then, then, then we get to make sure that we, that's, that's what we manifest then into the earth. Mm-hmm. Instead of understanding that he has a, there, are, there are heavenly proclamations over people's lives, over your life, over the church, capital C's life, over men and women's life in our community that are different than what we are proclaiming. Yes. And that's where this has to come uh, come down to it. I think, um, you know, I think instead of letting sin be the thing that uh, guides our professions, our professions, yes. it needs to be, actually be the truth of heavenly proclamations that are being made. The Father and the Son are proclaiming truths over you. Over our community, over your family, over your kids, are we proclaiming, are we in agreement as the fourth witness about who he actually is in heaven? Post-cross, are we actually proclaiming this thing? Um, Because before the cross, come on, the thing that we need to be proclaiming is a God that loves people. So much so that he would give his son, sacrifice his son so that their sins would not be held against them. After the cross, we are proclaiming a God that says, man, I am for you, not against you. I'm not the judge that, that, that is proclaiming accusations about your sin. I'm the God that's talking to you about the blessings of a saved life, the blessings of being in relationship with the Savior and the Father and the Spirit in our life. Um, and that, that's why, you know, I love, uh, we've talked about this before, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, because it, it's the heartbeat of God. He says, I, I set before you, uh, uh, life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Choose life. Choose life. 
Choose what God, what heaven is saying about you, about this, instead of allowing this guilt, this shame, this God of judgment to be the God that actually we are manifesting mm -hmm. because people better know to scare, them. to scare them. It is the goodness of God, the Bible says, that leads people to repentance. Yes. It's for God so loved the world he sent Jesus. How do I know that he loved me? Because before, while I was a sinner, he died for me. These are the beautiful things that God wants us to be able to manifest. And D, you and I were talking earlier about truth is always meant to be manifest. Heavenly truth is meant to be manifest. The heavenly truth of, re, of, of heaven's proclamations are meant to be manifest. In the very beginning of this book, 1 John chapter 1, verse 2, says life, the life of God was manifest. Mm -hmm. right. That word manifest is, actually means to make physically known. It is our job our responsibility to make the life of God, this beauty of God, the heavenly proclamations manifest in our, in our families, mm -hmm. in our marriages, in church, in our marketplace, in our communities. Not, not this heavenly court where s somehow we tried to convince God or convince Jesus we're good enough, but actually be a man or woman who understands the goodness of God through the advocacy of Jesus. And that's where, you know, D, the Bible says in Psalm 27, 13, I would have lost hope mm -hmm. if I had not believed I'd see the goodness of God in the land of the living. When we see God, the Father, as such a judge that we need to try to be good enough to somehow convince Jesus mm -hmm. to advocate for us, we will miss who we were designed to be. To live in the goodness that that advocacy brings and be that goodness in the land of the living. God has a plan to bring his goodness in the land of the, into the land of the living. And very often, my friends in church, as you look back throughout history, God has used his people to be the vehicles that bring the goodness of God into the land of the living. From Noah, to David, to Daniel, to Elijah, to the boy with five loaves and two fish, to the four friends who ripped off the top of the building to bring the their, their friend to healing power of Jesus, to Andrew who brought Peter to Jesus and everything was changed. I think sometimes we are missing out on bringing the goodness of God into the land of the living as we're still trying to be good enough mm -hmm. to get God to advocate on our side mm -hmm. rather than living in the goodness of what that advocacy already brings and coming into agreement as the fourth witness, coming into agreement with everything that the Father is proclaiming, with everything that Jesus is proclaiming, with everything that the Spirit is proclaiming and in agreement with, that when we get in agreement with those things, when we touch those things together, there's power to bring hope, life, and freedom, to shatter shame. How many people, how many people in this pandemic have given up hope mm -hmm. and taken their life? Yes. How many people have believed the lie that they will never be free from an addiction? Yeah. How many people have believed that they'll never be good enough because of these hidden sins? Mm -hmm to be worthy enough to be a vessel for God. Mm -hmm. 
The Bible says the accuser is a liar and he has no legal grounds. Your Honor, I have an accusation overruled. I have an accusation that should bring shame overruled. I have an accusation that should bring guilt overruled. I have an accusation that says they're not worthy to be in front of you overruled. I have an accusation that says they're not qualified to actually make a difference in this world overruled, 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 overruled. And when we get that message of overruled, like you said, D, that is the message that we will manifest into the world around us and people will see it. I want to say one thing, and then we're going to pray. Um, but, you know, church, trust the deep work that the goodness mm. of God can do. Uh, we don't need to explain to people why their evil is evil. The evil that we sometimes do is evil. We need to be people who trust the goodness of God to thoroughly purify people. So that, not that they're too afraid to ever do the evil again, but that their face has been turned yes. towards God who loves them by the love that we have shown them so that the goodness of God has a chance to do its work and arrest the heart of people enough so that they willingly yield themselves to who God wants them to be. Amen. That is the, that is the work of the gospel. And that is how we have to treat people who have fallen, hmm. who know Jesus, who have fallen. We, we need to treat them not as if they didn't sin, but as if the one who paid for that sin is powerful enough not to just give them redemption, but to work a deep work of his goodness inside of them so that that freedom is complete. Yes, that good work. That's what Jesus offers you today, that good work, the finished and complete work of the cross there is therefore now no condemnation for those of you who are in Christ Jesus maybe today you're finding yourself outside of Christ Jesus maybe you don't have a relationship with him and maybe you maybe you've never actually stopped to actually ask him into your life to be Lord and Savior and to receive that free gift because it is a free gift yeah. of salvation for him to become your advocate if that's what you're looking for today if, if you are ready to actually bow your knee and receive that love be changed today. Can you just pray this prayer with me? Because yeah. this is literally how easy it is. Yep. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Here I am today. Here I am today. I've come to give you all my life. I've come to give you all my life. I hold nothing back. I hold nothing back. I'm asking you, Jesus. I'm asking you, Jesus. To be the Lord and Savior of my life. To be the Lord and Savior of my life. To forgive me of all my sin. To forgive me of all my sin. To advocate on my behalf. To advocate on my behalf. To fill me with your spirit. To fill me with your spirit. And to make me your child. And to make me your child. And from this day forward. And from this day forward. And forevermore. And forevermore. I choose. I to, live to live in agreement, in agreement with what you are saying about my life with what you are saying about my life and to bring that truth and to bring that truth into the world around me into the world around in me. Jesus name, in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Oh, that's heaven's cool. partying right now. I know that, you know, people got saved Woo. at our, that kingdom crumb. Yes, they did. Uh -huh. This week. And people are getting saved every week. And if you would like to understand it a little bit more, what that means to be saved, to know the Lord as your Lord and Savior, if you would love to have some help 
uh, to equip you in the days ahead for how your life can look differently yes. than it did up until today. We'd love to send you this free resource. It's a book. It's called The Surprise of Your Life. It was written by one of our pastors, Pastor Rick Campana. It's also the free book that we give away, like I was mentioning, through TKC, which is our Thy Kingdom Crumb food truck that we do in partnership with Carson Wentz's AO1 Foundation. We would love yeah, to course. send this to you uh, free of charge. So just send your name and your mailing address to the prompt on your uh, wherever you're watching right now, and we'll send it to you. <laughs> hey, we do. By the way, uh, we just wanted you to know uh, about TKC. Uh, we are uh, we uh, Carson Madison A01 uh, Connect Church. We are still fully committed. We know many of you are probably are aware of the transition uh, that Carson and Maddie are, are making in uh, vocationally, um, but we are we are all still in agreement that this is what God wants to do, um, and we we've, we've seen the blessing of God. Yes. So, you know, you know, church. Can I just say this? The Bible actually says uh, that when you give to the poor, you lend to God. It's one of those things that just absolutely inspires me all the time. Not from the standpoint that, like, oh, if I if I give to people who need, then God God owes me. There's just something about like, wow, like we're getting to be a part of what God is doing, and God notices it. Like, and 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 that's what happens when we give into church. When you are giving, and today, right now. If you'll consider uh, just continuing to worship God with the giving of your tithe, your offering, um, you know, your giving makes a difference in people's lives, both in our house and outside the house. With people who help lead this church and people who are a part of the community in the church, when you're giving to people who, uh, when you're giving to church, you're giving to people. And that's what I wanted you to know. It's not, uh, yes, we have a building coming and yes, all those things are true, but what you give to is you're giving to changing people's lives. Um, and, God's, and, and God says, man, that's what I'm about. Yeah. The Heavenly Father has always been about changing lives. Um, and, so, and, and in order to do that, we've got to give. And so I'm going to ask you to be a part of that with us today and just give. Uh, there's, there are prompts there to be able to give. Uh, be a part of changing people's lives yeah. by your giving. Yeah. And we appreciate you doing that so much. Um, it translates to so much impact Huge. and we're ver really really grateful for that i found myself um you know we just when we've been walking around uh, the church we gotta stop calling it a building isn't that funny I know. Yeah, yeah. calling yeah. it a building during the project but you know you, there's something shifted and all of a sudden there's such a peace there's a palpable peace and presence it's amazing um, out of god and i and he always reminds me like i go before them yes meaning you meaning the church and he's preparing a place. And I'm just grateful that uh, you have loved us through this last year. And I pray that you know that we have been loving you. This is all an act of love. Um, it's, an, it's an act of worship, but it's an act of love for our church. Truth. And we're not trying to uh, pastor or lead uh, people a zillion miles away. We're just trying to be pastors of the hearts that have been entrusted to us. So thank you for week in yes, and week out truly, showing up faithfully, financially, as well as physically in your presence. Yeah. And guys, we we have so much going on at church as we just kind of wrap up. Um, you know, we have Shoulder to Shoulder, which is our women's discipleship uh, groups that meet throughout the week. They meet tonight as well, the main teachings tonight. Um, uh, Forge, our men's discipleship group, we're we are rocking and rolling. It's so much fun. Men, come on, lead. 
All I got to say, men, let's lead. Come on, if you're not in, hop in. And uh, join us uh, for on, uh, on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock for chat room, which is our time to really teach, get into the Word, understand. We've been, we're talking about the names of God right now and how uh, we pray today. Hallowed be thy name. How do, yeah. we, how do we understand who he fully is? through his revelation of himself. So church, we love you. Yes, we, we can't do. wait to, uh, to, to be with you again this week. We're one week closer. We are getting close. <laughs> we really are. Trust us. We are getting close. Stay healthy. Stay safe. And most of all, stay soft towards the heart of God. Amen. We love you, church. We love you, church. Have a great